This is episode 31 of The Focused Mindset. Today, we're going to talk about fear and worry and how we can stop it from taking over our life. And if you're new to this program, thank you for listening. We're so glad that you're joining us. And don't forget to push subscribe so you don't miss any of the family-oriented content that we have here. You've been upgraded to Parenting 2.0. New expectations requires a new mindset, the focused mindset. I'm Cher Kretz. I'm a school counselor and a family mindset coach. Raising kids is an amazing journey and things don't always turn out as planned. Still, you get to share your life with an adult in training. This podcast will help you meet every new challenge with confidence and be the best version of yourself in your home and with the people you love. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so glad you could be with me because today we're just going to take a pause and talk about some of the emotions that we deal with in our families, in our personal life that are difficult the feelings of fear and the feelings of worry. We all have them maybe more than we care to admit. And the question I have is when you get fearful and when you worry, what are you doing with that emotion? That's the question that I've been asking myself and I've been making every effort to decide how I was going to handle those emotions on purpose rather than just letting them completely flood me over and begin a process of being reactive rather than proactive. One of the goals of this podcast is to help each and every one of us choose our actions on purpose and have a focused mindset. That is something that we need to do on purpose, like I just said, because we want to have a healthy outlook, because we want to be able to be our best self. And I know that you do want to be your best self, but many times the fear takes over and we can look back on an experience when fear pours over us. And if you're anything like me, you'll say, oh, I let myself say things that I regret. I let myself be the person that, um, that I thought I left behind. But in that moment, I began to, I began to panic. I began to worry. The good news is you can stop right in that very moment when you realize that and reframe it. Your mind is that powerful that you can stop and reframe a situation in the very moment and walk forward in your very next step, making a different choice of how you're going to act when it comes to a feeling of fear and worry. Now, another main goal that I had just for the last couple of months is I began to look around at my sphere of influence and the people that I know and ask them to come on and be a guest on this show because I wanted to bring to you some of the most well-known people in the area of solution focused. So you guys have tools to make those best choices that we talk about and be the best version of yourself each and every day. And sometimes the tools can come from us gleaning from all of the knowledge that's in our world that we weren't even aware of. I know 
I wasn't even aware of Ben Furman and his work that I brought to you last week until I spoke with him at a conference in October. Didn't even know he existed. And now I've been able to study what he's teaching and it's, um, it's shaping some of my practices moving into my coaching. And I'm so grateful for it. We have been able to listen to several really great speakers. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to our last few episodes, I invite you to go back and listen to them. We had wonderful guests. In November, we had Andy McNeely. Um, he's the author of Connecting With Your Kids. And then we had Dr. Laura Jaggett that talked to us about respectful and proactive parenting. And then last week with Dr. Ben Furman on solution-focused discipline and kids' skills. We're not going to stop, though. After we take this pause and deal with um, some of our emotional well-being, we're going to get to hear a speaker that is absolutely dynamic, Eric Wachtner. And he's from the U.K., And he is a social worker who's a solution-focused specialist. He brought the solution-focused practice straight into homes all over the UK, speaking to them about even when they have a child in their home that they're just meeting because they're foster parents, they can approach that in a solution-focused manner. We're going to learn about that and how he pivoted to be a family coach, and now He works with parents that have children that have the most challenging behaviors and helps them approach that situation in a way that makes a big difference. And then we'll wrap up the month um, at the end of the month, wrap up 2020 with bringing in Elliot Connie. Now, Elliot Connie may be somebody that you're aware of. If you're in the solution-focused field, you may have heard him Um, speak because he is a well-known speaker all over the world, a psychotherapist and author, and he is the president of the Solution-Focused University, which just happens to be um, the largest university that teaches the Solution-Focused practice currently. He's from Texas, and we're going to welcome him onto the show. So we have a lot of treats in store for us. If you haven't uh, subscribed to the channel, now's the time to do it. You are not going to want to miss your notifications about what's coming up. And I'm thankful moving through the end of this year that I was able to set that kind of goal and reach out. And then the guests say, sure. I know that in Elliot Connie's case, he boldly says, and you'll hear him, he says, well, if it wasn't for COVID, um, I probably wouldn't have been able to say yes to your request because I would have been traveling all over the world and I'd be way too busy. Usually it takes months and months to get on my calendar. And I snuck in there. But what would have happened if I let my fear take over when it was time for me to reach out and ask these individuals to come? If I was gripped with fear in those moments, then I wouldn't have stepped forward and asked. And that's one of the biggest obstacles that fear puts right in front of us is it stops us from positive forward action. So even through this discussion, I want you guys to remember that we want any emotion that we hold on to to serve us well. And in the moment, sometimes when fear comes over us, 
it's completely and totally useless. But our body is so familiar with how that feels that it begins right away to throw at you all of the worst case scenarios and the reason why things don't work. I get it. That's partly normal. But then when those same things happened to me right before I reached out to some of these guests, then we need to take those thoughts captive. We need to be uh, the human we were designed to be and control our very thoughts. And then we tell ourselves back, no, that's actually not accurate. Those are made up things that I'm creating in my mind that haven't happened yet. And therefore, I'm not going to listen to those fears that are rolling through my mind and those worst case scenarios. Instead, I'm going to say, well, let's reach out and see what happens. In the case of these guests that said yes to our show, it ended up they were a perfect fit. And it was a great situation for us to be able to collaborate and speak. Many times we rob ourselves of great experiences when we say no simply because of fear. But one reason I'm bringing up this is because in my area, the COVID cases are spiking and they're really high. And if you spend time listening to the news or even just focusing in on those numbers, it's very easy to have fear take over. It's easy and almost comfortable at this point after dealing with COVID so much to begin to let our mind think of all of the horrible scenarios that are possible. But let's not let that be where we lie in comfort. So let's let that be the place that we visit and then walk through to the other side in order to help us be productive, calm, peaceful people, and people that are making rational decisions with our life. It's important to be safe, but it's also important to have a clear head. But there are a lot of times where this virus is um, attacking people that are closest to us. And yeah, that's going to produce fear. It's a normal emotion. It's not like we're going to beat ourselves up about it. It's just that we're going to need to make a really strong stance on how we're going to react to it. In my life in the last week, I've had many incidences that I've come in contact with this. At the beginning of this week, my sister calls me and she says, you're not going to believe this. Our roommate has COVID and they are in urgent care. Now, just that statement alone for any of us that have heard that causes worry, causes a little bit of fear especially when it's your roommate. And I sensed that in her voice. She was just frustrated. She was overwhelmed with the situation and we spoke. And I'm so thankful that we have the type of relationship that she can just call and vent to me. And I know that she's not constantly living in that stressful state, but we all need to have those people that we can call and just vent. And that's what she did. And we talked about her roommate and how she's like I said, positive for COVID and in ICU and all of the provisions they made after that. There's another roommate that shares a bathroom with her and um, he got tested and is in fact also positive. But her and her boyfriend, as a matter of fact, are negative, which is great because they've been around those people quite a bit. They're happy about it, but we all know that we can you know, test negative, but then a few days later, it might be different. So they are going to get tested again. And 
They've made all the precautions that they need to. But in that discussion, she was, she began to feel like, oh man, I've been so careful. I've done everything I can. And here I am still so, uh, so vulnerable. And what's worse, she was dealing with the fear of who she may have given it to. Now, you guys know that my mother recently had uh, a horrible car accident. It's not that recent, but because of that, she's had many complications and getting better. And a few days before all of this went down, my sister had gone to have a short visit with my mom. Social distancing, of course, but still, she visited her. And that brought a whole new level of fear because she's thinking, oh, I don't know how I would be able to live with myself if I was the one that gave my mom a sickness that led her to despair and led her to uh, all of the things that we know can happen when people are immune compromised. And we had to take a minute and stop and think about if this was a useful emotion. And I did tell my sister, I said, that exact thing. I said, wait a minute now. If you dwell on this, it's a completely useless emotion. Fear is normal, but it's useless for you to worry about this situation. And she stopped and she said, you know what? You're right. I can't even think straight when I'm worrying about if I would have got people sick. I said, what you need to do is live in the truth that you have now. The truth that you have now is that you're negative, you're doing everything to be safe, you're making the precautions, and then deal with anything else if it does happen. You know, most of what we worry about never comes to pass. It stays in the realm of worry and then completely goes away. And in that moment, even though the threat was real and close to home, I could hear in her voice, that she relaxed, that she chose to think of things in a more proactive approach rather than reactive. And my sister, she is that type of person. She can look at her actions and evaluate whether what she's doing is useful or not. She's pretty dang good at that. Are you? If you're not, now is a great time to practice it because I know that you could share with me these same type of stories when you or a friend or a very close relative is having a very close and real encounter with, uh, with this pandemic and the COVID that's around us. I just got a letter in my email yesterday that someone at my work, the last time they were on campus was just yesterday and they came down with COVID. Was I somebody that was around them? No, but there's all these real reminders that come in front of us every day. So we have lots of chances to practice. We have lots of chances to decide how we're going to approach the fears and the worries that are all around us. And I want to take this minute to acknowledge that I realize that sometimes we hear about it so very much that we become complacent, even irritated. I mean, you may even be irritated right now that I'm still even talking about it. This darn pandemic, we always have to deal with it. And I get that. And I also get that most people recover and are fine, which makes us wonder if we are living in fear for absolutely no reason in the first place. But nonetheless, have you guys felt 
the thing that I realize that I feel deep inside of my chest. From the very beginning of when this COVID began, I felt something different inside of me, uh, a, a tightness in my chest, a um, even a shortness of breath. I talked to a nurse about it. And they said that lots of the people that came into the hospital at the very beginning of when this hit didn't have COVID at all. They had anxiety because this is something so very brand new that it was causing anxiety. And what is some of the symptoms of anxiety? Shortness of breath, Um, feeling as though we have a tightness in our chest. And I, even though it was ever so slight and not very often anymore, I recognize that sometimes that familiar feeling is there or it's kind of in the back of my mind and then I feel that little tightness. We feel it and I think even though it's become part of our new normal that we deal with all the stories and the people and sometimes even ourselves um, either being exposed or having it, whether it's a real fear or a um, perceived possible worry, The anxiety invoking, um, I don't know, feeling within us is something, yeah, we need to recognize. We need to take a minute to say, yeah, that is real. And when it's real, then the two people, we can talk about it together and be open with it and not have it be something that we push aside because then we really do start to think, oh my gosh, something might be wrong with us. Maybe I have something. As a matter of fact, you do have something. It's called a little case of anxiety. It's going to pop up when we deal with scary situations. My sister and I talked about that too. Um, Her anxiety was definitely triggered by the situation I told you. And recently I was in a staff meeting, a Zoom uh, meeting with only four of my other counselors. And we were talking about a team that we're on. And I'm looking at these four beautiful faces of these ladies I work with. And one of them, I know that her and her husband just recovered from having COVID. And um, thankfully, they were one of the ones that had mild flu symptoms and it passed. And one of them has a son that has seizures and she has many fears related to the possibility of having COVID. And my other friend has, uh, her husband comes in and out. She spoke many times with uh, me about how the threat is real because her husband is in a very uh, a work environment that's around a lot of people, much like my own husband is. All of us have our own story. All of us have our own things that bring anxiety. And it gives a little level of peace that we're in this together. But at the end of the day, it's you that chooses how to react. It's you that decides what kind of person you're going to be when you uh when you get attacked with a fearful situation or when worry wants to um, wrap around you. And it's you that's going to need to recognize the anxiety and choose to do some practices to handle that anxiety so it doesn't affect the type of person that you are every day in and out of this world when you're at work, when you're in your home, when you're in your uh, online meetings, wherever you're at, when you're dealing with your kids. Kids don't have the ability to recognize that something has changed within them, but their level of anxiety has also shifted. They're worried about new things and they feel it. And it comes out sometimes in the most unusual ways. We can be aware of that. We can 
give a few more hugs to them. We can give a little more compassion to them in the midst of any situation that we're in. And if you're feeling that, like I sometimes, when I'm stopping and recognizing what's going on within me, if you're feeling that like I am, that just means that we're human. We're normal. We care. We care about the people around us. We care about the world and we care about our own health. And I know that that's normal, but I want to take a minute to encourage you to still choose to live in hope. Living in hope is the space where we can put fear in its place and know that tomorrow will take care of itself. The Bible says, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself. And that little bit of advice might run right past us and we don't even think about it because we're like, well, you know, I'm not really worried. I'm just thinking about it. Really though, are you or are you spending a lot of mental energy worrying? Now, fear is one thing. A fear can pop up. We can put it in its category. We can realize that fears happen and we can move on. Worry, on the other hand, can grip you and tear you apart and sometimes completely change the way you show up in every given situation. The worry that we have for our kids is some of the strongest worries that we deal with in our families, in our life. I know for me, that's where I fall. I might be able to deal with a lot of worry, but when it comes to the worry that is that involves my children, I get caught up with that. I get in some circles of thought, very counterproductive and completely useless. That's the time when I need to take captive of that thought and say, wait a minute, worry is a useless emotion. What does it serve? How does it help? In nearly every single case that you can think of in your life, if you're 100% honest, when you chose to worry, it didn't help one single bit in the given situation that you're in. So let's make a distinction between fear and worry. Fear can also be 100% useless. Sometimes it's completely creeping up in the wrong places, but sometimes there's a real fear and we put it in its place. Worry, on the other hand, is what we take on because of that fear that creeps on. Worry is the thing that can attack us and stay with us. And worry is the place where we can choose to say, no, I am not going to continue with that thought process. I'm going to put it aside. I am going to choose hope over worry. Now, my oldest daughters are both adults, young adults, and they are not going to make all the same choices about uh, safety and their precautions. Not exactly the same choices that I am. And sometimes I want to control. I wish I could control, I guess you can say, and have them match my level of, um, of planning, of safety, of precaution. But that's not going to happen. Now, I do have 
control of the safety measures within my home and absolutely how much I sterilize and what I expect as far as COVID tests, if they go out and they do anything, getting COVID tests. But that doesn't stop my worry. What stops my worry is me taking captive of my thoughts. Now this week, my daughter that uh, is 21 years old chose to go on a short road trip with her friends up north in California. And although I've watched her be very safe in our home as far as her sterilizing and taking care of herself, uh, that's not a choice that I would like her to make. No, I don't want her to get in a car and the stops that they need to make that are unnecessary. I'd like her at this time just to stay home. But is that something I can control in her life? No, it's not. So I chose to control what I can. And I said, now, I want you to make a test for the day that you come back and keep yourself quarantined until you get that test back, just to be safe and to keep your family safe. That's something she agreed upon. And that is something that I can live with. But even as we speak right now, because she just left no more than 30 minutes ago, I am feeling that tension within me. I'm feeling that anxiety creep up. I am listening to that voice that wants to begin to tell me, what if this happens? What if that happens? They could get in a car crash. They could run into a problem. They can run into any person that has COVID. And what are you going to do? And I'm right in the middle of saying, I need to take the advice that I'm giving you because I know that it works and choose to say, okay, I'm recognizing those thoughts. I listen to them, but I'm not going to let them linger. I'm going to place them aside. I'm going to choose to do what I'm called to do for the day. I'm going to live in hope and love on my daughter and send her texts of caring and, and, uh, emotions that are positive. Those are things that I can do that can make a big difference because I know good and well that those things that I'm worried about are highly unlikely in the scope of things. And even the most likely ones, there's nothing that I can actually do anything about. So I'm going to do what my sister is now doing with her safety precautions this week and what you also are doing in your situations and I'm going to be living in the moment, but I'm not going to take on the fear or worry and let it control my life and let it control my next steps. What is it in your life that you need to recognize and you need to choose to not be a part of? Choosing not to be a part of either a negative thought process or negative talk that's around you or um, things that make more fear and more worry, maybe choosing not to listen to the news so much, is, is also a choice that can make a big difference in your mental health. Your stability and your thinking process and the way that your mind works, you know it better than anybody. So I encourage you to be really real with yourself and evaluate how you've been doing. How have you really been holding on? And that leads us to our solution-focused exercise for this week. 
My solution-focused practice for today is simply for you to be real with where you're at in your life, in this moment, with all of the anxiety that it has around, been around us in this world. The anxiety that's been around us in this world is real. Since we're taking a minute today to think about it, be real with yourself. What are the things that trigger you? What are the things that give you that little anxiety moment that you feel deep within that threatens to turn into a full-blown anxiety attack? Can you capture those thoughts early? Can you begin to take a greater control over your thoughts in order to be your best self walking forward? If you value being your best self, then you owe it to yourself to take this minute. You're going to sit down. You're going to say, what are the things in the last week, two weeks that gave me anxiety? The, the type of anxiety that comes from fear and worry. Take a minute to recognize it and then make a choice within you to say, I'm going to walk forward with a brand new outlook on these exact same emotions that I'll come in contact in the next two weeks. And I'm going to choose how I'm going to react to them. As for me, I'm going to choose to take a lot more mindful moments. The way we take a mindful moment is to take a really big, deep breath, make sure we have all that oxygen we need to think clearly. And to say, I breathe in, I do my best. I breathe out, I let go of the rest. If I think that sentence, as I'm in the very moment of fear, I know that I'm putting my mind in the right place to be able to move forward and abolish the worry. Get rid of it. Destroy it. It's not serving you. It's a useless emotion. So take this minute to breathe in and think as the breath goes in, I breathe in, I do my best. I breathe out, I let go of the rest. This technique was introduced to us back in episode eight when we had another amazing guest, Joelle Hood, speak to us on mindfulness, empathy, and connection. She's the one that taught us this mindful moment that we can give ourselves. Why? Because it's what she was doing in her own life. It's because even with all of the things that she is doing with teaching mindfulness, she realized that her herself needed to recognize the anxiety in her life and have a mindful practice that she did every day to help her bring back that peace. And it's been powerful in my life and I know that it's powerful in your life as well. When you recognize anxiety, when you see that worry is about to grip your next, I don't know, even five minutes of thought, take it captive. Breathe in and think Breathing in, I do my best. Breathing out, I let go of the rest. And picture all of that worry just moving aside. Then you pull the useful emotion of hope right into you and push the useless emotion of worry out. So that's the very simple practice that I'm going to send you off with 
Look for ways that you can take your thoughts captive. And are you having other useful emotions that you're finding that's taking the place of any emotion that hasn't served you? I know moving into the seasons of giving and the holiday season, many of us are taking on the emotion of excitement. And I am too. I got together with a group of my kids that I'm working with over Zoom And I had a group of, I don't know, like 11 kids that were just so overwhelmed, excited to talk to me about their elf on the shelf and their list that they're making for Santa. And I couldn't help but feel joy when I look in their eyes. Find the joy in the people around you. Everybody wants to be reminded. That's why Christmas lights went up earlier than ever, I think, this year, because we want to be reminded of the useful feeling of joy and happiness and smiling and enjoying the people around us. I have enjoyed making this podcast so very much, and I'm extremely excited about the episodes to come, and the relationships that I'm able to develop with you as we move forward, because I'm able to get to know you guys. I want you guys to reach out and talk to me about the situations that you're going through. What's been causing you anxiety, worry, fear, and how have you conquered it? In this next week, If you're able to take your negative emotion and turn it into something positive, reach out and share that with me. Hop onto my website, thefocusedmindset.com. You're going to see where it says contact me and you can leave me a voice message. You can leave me a, a written message. Either one. It's a great way for us to connect. And if you haven't already, Come be a part of the Focused Mindset community. This is a place where you can always get the information you need to walk forward and be your best self. There's two ways you can do that right now. On my website at thefocusedmindset.com, you can click on join the community or you can click on the useful link in our show notes. I always type out some quick show notes for each episode, and you can find them usually by looking on this exact episode and scrolling down, and they're right there. It's very useful to read those because I keep the links that you can click on right there. We're going to see a link for the Big Life Journal, and I'm an affiliate partner with the Big Life Journal. If you haven't yet finished your shopping, Hop over to my link that's in this uh, in the show notes and check out all the products that the Big Life Journal has. You're going to see the Big Life Journal, um, the version for young kids, old kids, and even teenagers. And I really encourage you to hop on and get one of those for your kids. I love using the tools in that journal in my coaching, in my counseling, and I can just even hop on my Zoom calls and open up to almost any page in the journal and it will give me a wonderful activity about resilience. Resilience is so important right now for us to learn to be resilient and move forward with confidence. And the Big Life Journal is one tool that you can use to help your child learn resilience. So that link is in my show notes, as well as the link to my website and where you can go to join the Focused Mindset community. And did you know that I recently wrote a course on communication? 
It's a short mini course because it really doesn't take very long to go through the material. I have audio that you're familiar to listening to and video that walks you through. It doesn't take more than 30 minutes to go through the entire lesson, but it gives you amazing skills that you may have never thought of before to make sure that each and every conversation you have is impactful and that you walk away feeling empowered and the person that you're talking to walks away looking forward to the next time they get to talk to you. And above and beyond the material, you'll be able to dig in with workbook pages. And I include a 30-day journal. I give you prompts, each prompt designed to help you practice communication skills, specifically in conversations with those that you love. To get access to this course, go to thefocusedmindset.com slash empowered. And I'm going to leave a link for that in the show notes as well. And we're coming to the end of another episode. Thank you for listening. And I know that you can recognize the fear. When you feel it creeping up, you can choose what you're going to do with that emotion. And you can completely push aside the useless feeling of worry. We're going to be doing that together. And I'll have to update you on how my daughter's trip went and how I, uh, how I was able to be successful in abolishing my own fear and worry in my life. So let's move forward and take on a useful emotion like joy, happiness, and spread that around. Have a great week. And until next time, keep in touch and take care. Bye.